Welcome to Kiss and Tel Aviv, where we put the love in Tel Aviv. I'm your host, Margo, and this is Tel Aviv's first and only dating, sex, and relationships podcast, but you motherfuckers already knew that, and that's why you're here, because you're loyal listeners, and I love you. In today's episode, we are going to discuss the ick, what to do when you have it, can you recover from it, what causes it, and I'm even going to tell you a little bit of a story about when I had the ick. It was not pretty. It was not good. Before we get into that, I just want to share some updates, some life updates. There's been a lot going on. Um, If you are living here in Israel, boy, oh boy, it has not been easy dealing with the recent wave of terror attacks and violence erupting in the Temple Mount. And I just want to say to anyone listening to this, whether you're abroad or whether you're in Tel Aviv whatever it may be, especially all of us here in Tel Aviv who were so closely impacted by the horrific nightmare that took place a few weeks ago in which three young people were murdered at a bar on Dizengoff Street on a Thursday night by a terrorist And I think it's worth saying it doesn't matter if it's in Tel Aviv. It doesn't matter where it happens. We all feel the impact of this. If you're living in Israel, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're living outside of Israel, you you still know what I'm talking about. It's not just an Israeli thing. When one of us bleeds, we all feel pain. And I think that that's the... gruesome reality and yet the beauty of being an Israeli and of being connected to to this country one of us dies or is killed or when there's a terrorist attack it's like it happened to all of us and it's just devastating so I just want to send some love to everyone right now And especially deep, deep condolences to the families and friends and loved ones of the victims. And I just want to say that even though nothing I can say will take away any of the pain, the suffering that they will feel for the rest of their lives, um, I do want to say that your loved ones will never, ever, ever be forgotten. They will live on in us forever. I promise you. I promise you. I'm Israel Chai, motherfuckers. It's tough. Um, Also, with the recent wave in violence around the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, and everyone from politicians to internet figures to celebrities Bella fucking Hadid just to name one are spreading so much misinformation and propaganda and lies about what's happening here Um, and one of you asked in the questions that uh, you submit over on Instagram follow me if you're not already at Margo explains it all 
what to do when a friend or someone you know is posting misinformation about Israel. So I will answer that question at the end. So make sure you stick around for that. Um, so yeah, I know it's hard. Hang in there. We're in this together and I love you all. Um, something else. Let's see if there's any interesting dating updates. I told you guys in the last episode that I was talking to this one guy and he, he was fucking hot as fuck. He was hot as fuck. And I just kind of knew that he was a uh, fuck boy. It just major, major fuck boy vibes. But as I told you in the last episode, I wanted to just do it for the content. If you guys hear background noise, I'm sitting on my patio. I live in Tel Aviv. We all know these apartments. We're all up each other's asses all the time. My fucking neighbor's dog. I'm about to go Cruella de Vil on his fucking ass because it barks incessantly and literally just makes me want to go crazy. Um, Sorry about the background noise, but it's raw and authentic here in Tel Aviv. (laughs) This is Kiss in Tel Aviv after all. So I was talking to this guy and he was clearly just like a hot guy. And I kind of wanted to just see if we could fuck (laughs) mom. If you're listening to this, (laughs) you didn't just hear that. Um, And so we were talking and, you know, I just got to say sometimes fucking guys just drop the ball so hard. They just drop the ball so hard. Either they don't take a hint or they just don't understand that we're down a lot of times, okay? Ladies, I know you know. I know you feel me. I know you feel me. We're horny. We're fucking horny too. God damn it. And sometimes the the the, the smallest things, and we're going to talk about the ick. The smallest things can really make you really just disgusted by someone. But the smallest things can also go a mile. And I'm not saying to accept the bare minimum and give everything in return. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying bros, dudes, some, you know, sometimes we're down to fuck and y'all just fumble the ball. You'll just do something stupid. You just fumble and you're just fucking lazy about it. You know, just minimum effort. And you know what? A lot of times it's just a sign like don't put your time and effort into somebody who's giving minimum effort. But Sometimes, like, you guys just are so lazy. You're just so fucking lazy. Like, a lot of times you'd be getting your dick sucked a lot more if you just put in a little tiny bit more effort. Or if you just invited a woman to a fucking drink. I'm not saying that we're all going to fuck you because you invite us to a drink, but a lot of us are down to fuck and you just fumble the ball so hard because you just don't put in the right effort at the right time. Like this stupid fucking hot guy I was talking to. Um, and it was funny. I ran into him actually for the first. We hadn't actually met in real life because he dropped the fucking ball. And. I. Um, ran into him in AMPM and it was really annoying because I was kind of like over it because I had just I'm like, I'm I, fuck this shit. I'm, I'm not talking to this dumbass anymore. And I saw him in real life and he was actually really hot. I knew right away that it was him. I knew right away that it was him. I'd seen tons of pictures of him and blah, blah, blah. And maybe, you know what? We were talking for a little bit too long. It should have happened. I broke my own rule. 
Um, and I and I texted with him for a little bit too long before actually meeting up. And that should have been a sign. And now I know. Now I know. Um, and, you know, if he wanted to, he would. That's also part of it. But I ran into him at AMPM. And it was just so fucking awkward. Um, that's not where you want to run into someone from Tinder that you haven't actually met in real life yet. It's just not, especially on a Friday when it's fucking hot outside and you're just trying to get your fucking errands done before Shabbat starts. But I'm really glad that the universe didn't let our paths cross because he was so awkward. He was so awkward and just stupid. Dirk, just dirk, 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 It was hot though. It's fucking hot. Sometimes the dumb ones really just, you just gotta, just gotta fuck them. You know, you just gotta, <laughs> just gotta, mm. it's like, you're so dumb. I just want to fuck the dumb out of you. <laughs> um, and he tried to recover the ball after he had fumbled it because he saw me in real life. He realized who I was and that he had just not responded to my text. Again, if he wanted to, he would. I realized that. But also he was like, oh, fuck. Like I could see the oh, fuck moment kind of happening when he was trying to like, at first I had my mask on and my sunglasses and then I took those off and he was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then he, he tried to recover it and he gave me the most awkward fucking side hug. I got the ick. He gave me the ick, but it was a shame though, because it was fucking hot. And when I, when I, when I saw him in real life, I was like, oh, fuck, like maybe after we talked, like maybe we can recover this. Nope. So guess what I did? I blocked him. (laughs) I fucking blocked. I blocked him. And... That's it. Because you know what? I realized that I was kind of settling for, for bullshit. And I I can't sit on this mic and give you guys this advice to not put up with dumb boys shit and do the same thing. So in order to prevent myself from that and from letting this guy into my energy space, I fucking blocked him. Blocked. Not because he did anything particularly bad, but I just didn't want to allow myself to self-betray and continue to talk to this guy who dropped the ball so hard and clearly just probably just wasn't that into me. Boom. There it is. Also, um, there was this guy on Instagram recently who I, if you follow me over there, then you've seen my stories in which I use the filter that says boys lie and it writes it right under your eyes. It's super fucking cute. I like to use it. I think it's funny. It does make my lips look like um, fucking dollar store Kylie Jenner, but I, I think it's hilarious and I like to use it. And I was talking about a serious topic about this Instagram account that's posing as a Jewish account, but it's actually full of anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic messages. It's literally about someone being an imposter and pretending to be Jewish, like literally boys lie, like the filter said. And this stupid fuck, you guys are going to never, you're never going to guess what his name is. Oh, that's right. It was Tomer. Literally, this guy's name was Tomer. And he replies to my story and he's like, "Uh, listen, 
listen, uh, I feel like what you have to say is very important, but I feel like your content is only for girls because of this filter. I'm like, um, I hope my content isn't for girls because um, that would mean that actual children are following me and listening to my sex podcast. Uh, no, Tomer. I think you mean women, you dumb fuck. First of all, I think you mean women. I'm like, if that's all you took from this message that I was sharing about anti-Semitism on the internet and, and the thing that you paid attention to was my fucking face filter that says boys lie, you're an idiot, Tomer. He was like, how would you feel if I had the filter that said uh, women are bitches and you had to see that? I'm like, I literally see that all the fucking time. Literally play any song, literally any rap song. I literally turn on the radio, turn on the TV, walk outside. I hear it all the time. You fucking idiot. And so I just told him, please block me. Please go away. I, I don't want you here. I don't want you here. I don't give a fuck if you, if I lose a fucking follower, I don't want you following me. Tomer. Anyways. Speaking of things that are disgusting, let's fucking get into it. Let's talk about the ick, y'all. Let's fucking go there. Let's go there. The ick. What the fuck is it? If you don't know, you do know because you felt it. Maybe you just didn't know that there was a name for it, for this feeling. The ick, or in Hebrew, the ichsa. <laughs> the ick is what happens when you get a sudden absolute repulsion for someone you just it comes out of nowhere and the slightest tiniest thing can set it off the ick the ick the ick we all have them we all have a version of it i get the ick when i think about someone running with a backpack on that will immediately give me the ick you might get the ick when you see somebody doing such just something the most mundane thing in the world you just get repulsed by someone you are in a romantic situation with. Can't return. Can't return. Once you've got it. The ick. And it can happen at any given point. I have most predominantly felt the ick when I'm in a couple weeks in or maybe a couple dates in. But it can happen longer down the road in long-term relationships. And... I really do believe that the ick comes when deep, deep, deep down inside, you know that something isn't right. That this isn't the person for you. And I think that the ick is your subconscious, your psyche trying to tell you that this isn't right. Because think about it. Think about a friend that you really, really, really love. You could see them do something fucking stupid or gross or mundane and you wouldn't get the ick. No, you wouldn't. Because that's your friend. You love them. You're choosing to be there. You know that it's a match. You also don't really get the ick for someone that you really, really, truly, genuinely like. Again, you can see your partner do something silly or dumb and not go, Bleh! get the fuck away from me, you know? Think about a time when you have felt sudden, utter disgust and repulsion. When you are just like, Gah. I don't know what happened, 
But all of a sudden, he is just repugnant. He's disgusting. Think about when you felt that. And it's usually, it's probably with someone that you're no longer talking to. (laughs) They're, you know, they're gone. They're not in your life anymore. If you're with someone that you have the ick with now, um, you need to think about that. If it's hitting you, you're like, oh God, I actually have the ick. The ick doesn't happen when you're in a situation that fits. That's good. That's right. The ick happens when you're forcing a situation. When you have this feeling of cognitive dissonance, where on one hand, you're like, this should work. I should really, really like this person. They check all these boxes, all these things I'm looking for. This person has. And yet, when I watch him take a bite of his falafel, I literally want to take an ice pick and gouge my eyeballs out. What the fuck is going on? That's cognitive dissonance. It's when something is going on and you and you have these two conflicting thoughts in your mind. And what happens when we have cognitive dissonance is that our subconscious will try whatever it can to make it so that it gets heard. The psyche will be heard. And I learned this lesson through Shallon Lester. I mention her in every single podcast. Um, check her out. You'll love her content if you like mine. And as she says, the psyche will be heard. The ick is a form of your conscience. Conscience? Your conscience. Whatever. Your, <laughs> your, the ick is a form of, of your subconscious. What the fuck, Marge? Try words. The ick happens when your psyche is trying to be heard. It is. It is. Shallon Lester has a great video on it, and she talks about it in the context of love is blind. If you've watched that show, then you know when people suddenly get the ick. Think about back, back in the early pandemic days when we were all watching Love is Blind. Remember Jessica, the blonde woman? She totally got the ick for that. What was that guy's name? Mark? She totally had the ick for him because she actually wanted to be with that big white trash buffoon, Brayden, Brandon Brax. What the fuck was that guy's name? You know, the one that ended up with that really mean woman, whatever. It's not relevant. The point is she settled for a partner that she didn't actually want to be with. And she found every single thing she could possibly find to tell him why it wasn't going to work out with them. And she used their age difference as a huge indicator of why they couldn't be together. That wasn't the reason. She had the fucking ick. She wasn't into it. She was disgusted by the situation, not necessarily by the person. And that's another important point. The ick doesn't happen because someone is unattractive or disgusting or gross. It can, but that's not really what it is. You can have the ick for someone that you were once very, very attracted to. You can have the ick for, for someone who is objectively super, super fucking hot. You don't get the ick. It's, it's not because someone is icky. It's because it's not a right fit and you're trying to force the situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. It happened to me recently. I got the ick for a very attractive person recently and it was a fucking bummer and it sucks. It f- fucking sucks. 
right? You'd think, oh, you get the ick. Okay, cut it off. It's not always that easy. You should. But here's what happened. I was seeing this guy for a couple of weeks. And I think what was happening was I was in a major phase of overcorrection. And that's something that we've all done. We've all been there, right? If you listened to my episode from a couple months ago called I uh, I Blocked Him, I told the story of a two-year-long on-again, off-again, toxic situationship that I was in. It was really good, and then it got really bad. And um, I kept it going for a long time, and then I ended it. And I think what happened was that I was in an overcorrection stage. And I started dating someone, and he was really, really great. There was a lot of boxes that he checked a lot of good ones. And I'm not just talking about superficial ones either. This was a sweet, nice guy. And I hadn't dated someone long-term for a significant amount of time. Eh, significant for me is like, whatever. I don't know what significant is. For me, it, I, I think it's subjective. I hadn't s- sequentially seen someone week after week after week, talk to them every day for a while. It had been a while. I was wrapped up in a, in a toxic situation for a long time. Um, and I was excited by the idea of these, this situation progressing with this guy and dating him and getting to know him. It started to feel nice and it started to feel familiar and I liked it. And unfortunately I did start to feel the ick creep in and I didn't quite realize it in the beginning, um, because I really wanted the situation to work. I really did. And I didn't feel the ick strong enough to cut it off. I, I wanted to, to keep it going. And I was excited about it. And there were a couple things that I was like, mm, maybe that's just not for me or whatever. And I did kind of get the feeling like maybe we're not a total match. Like maybe we're not on the same pace of life. You know, like maybe, maybe there's something here. Like maybe there's a, there's a, there's a level of passion that I really want to feel. And I don't feel that it was nice. It was comfortable. He was attractive, but I didn't feel that like, you know, and I don't give a fuck what anyone tells you. I need to feel that. And I'm not talking about the, but the anxiety of the, are you going to get him or are you not? Or the withholding and then the attention and then the withholding and then the attention. That's not what I'm talking about. I, I need to feel a passionate excitement about someone. And I understand that that's not something that you can always feel. It fluctuates. And as relationships progress, those things kind of change and, and, and morph or whatever. But I, I know myself. Okay. I know who I am. And every time I have felt an immediate strong connection with someone, I just know it. I just fucking know it. And to be honest, I think that might have been missing all along. And I was overcorrecting and I just kind of wanted to see where it would go to see if I could, you know, date this guy. It wasn't a match. You know what happened? I got the fucking ick. And what really set it off, we had bad sex. It wasn't good. 
wasn't good. Was not good. And I should have known that it wasn't really going to be that good. The first time we fucked, mom, please stop listening. Press stop. Just turn off. Go down on the bottom. Just press pause and close the app. Bye, mom. Okay. Are you gone? Thank you. Bye. (laughs) The first time we fucked, we were drunk. And not like super totally drunk where it was like, you know, whatever. It was totally fine. But it was also the first time. The first time you sleep with someone, we've all been there. You know, you have a little liquid courage. You have a little drunken sex. You're like, oh, let's do it again. And then usually what happens or what should happen is like the next time you do it, it should be like, okay, cool. This is fun. Like we fucked the first time we were drunk and now we're a little bit more comfortable and we can really get into it. Yeah, we didn't really get into it. It was bad. It was bad. There was no throwdown. There was no passion. There was no reciprocation of anything for me. Um, And honestly, it just felt like he was inconsiderate. Not even intentionally. And that was the worst part. He wasn't even trying to be. He wasn't even trying, period. He wasn't being a dick, like an inconsiderate jackrabbit. It wasn't even that. I wish I wish he would have jackrabbited. <laughs> I fucking wish. But that didn't happen. And I was so upset after this. I rolled over and I literally wanted to like scream and cry and throw up and just all the things. But most importantly, I didn't want him anywhere near me ever again. <laughs> I had the ick. I felt it harder than I've ever felt it in my entire life. This was not a bad person. This was not an unattractive person. This person inherently did not do anything wrong. Eh, I mean, fuck me, fuck me badly. That's pretty bad. That's I, that's disrespectful. Um, but they weren't trying or intentionally to to be a dick. This guy's not a dick. He's attractive. He's cool. He's nice. I still got the ick. And once I had it, no matter what I did, for the next 24 hours, I tried, I tried, I really did. I really wanted, I, okay, maybe we can, maybe we can work on it. Okay, so maybe there's this, like, maybe I can give him some pointers or tell him what I like. Nope, nope, nope. Sometimes that's fine. Yeah, you can give somebody some pointers. Oh, hey, let's try it this time, next time, or whatever. That's part of, that's part of sex. This wasn't that. Trust me, if you would have gotten fucked the way that I got, I can't even call it that I got fucked. I can't even say that. I, nope, wasn't even that. You would know. It was beyond repair. It was dead on arrival. It, <laughs> bye. And it gave me the, it gave me the ichs. The ichs. The, uh. And then I realized that I was going to end up really resenting this person. And you know what happens when you carry on the ick past its expiration date? When you leave that fucking spoiled carton of milk in the fridge for too long, you end up resenting it so fucking much. And you just, when you carry on after the ick has set in, you turn mean. You're, you end up mad at this person. God damn it. My neighbor's dog. Hang on. You end up being a fucking asshole. Or a total fucking nightmare to this person. Because why? Because you resent them. But is it them that you resent or is it you? Because you're self-betraying and your psyche is trying to be heard. And again, you're back in that cognitive dissonance place. 
where you you're living a lie essentially you're trying to put on a shoe that doesn't fucking fit and that f- that shoe has a giant turd in it and it you're disgusted and you're you're going to end up being mean and i realized that if if i kept on talking to this guy it wasn't fair it's not fair it's not fucking fair cuz i did get resentful and then he started to text me and i was like Ugh! eventually i had to tell him nicely that it wasn't going to work out and simply put I was honest I mean I didn't say like um I have the ick for you and I never want to fuck you again after the last time we had sex because it was awful I wasn't going to say that um so you know I said an honest version in a way that was nice ish whatever I don't care I asked a couple guy friends and they're like whoa that's really harsh but I don't care I told him hey it's been really great getting to know you and I've enjoyed the past couple weeks that we've spent together but I don't feel as strong of a sexual connection as I was hoping and I don't see this moving forward and every guy who I told that to was like damn you don't have to do him that hard and I'm like why it's the truth and it, it, trust me, it could have been a lot worse. And I realized something in this whole thing. If you're a fucking straight dude in this world, right? And unless you have a health problem or something significant that's holding you back, right? If you're a healthy, young, attractive, straight dude, you sh- you have no excuse for being bad in bed. There's none. There's none. And you're like, but that's kind of mean, don't you think? (laughs) No, I don't think it's fucking mean. You know why? Because society literally gratifies, glorifies, and accepts your sexuality everywhere, all the time. You're not going to get slut-shamed if you go out and and practice and go have a bunch of sex with people. No one's going to call you a slut. No one's going to dump you because they find out your body count is too high. Nobody's going to, you know, think that you're not husband material because you've fucked a bunch of women. No. Not only that, but you're quite literally just encouraged to be sexual. Your sexuality is just like the lingua franca of sex, sexuality types. It's accepted everywhere, right? It's fucking MasterCard. There's no excuses. I'm sorry. And what's funny is like for the amount of time y'all spend fucking watching porn, y'all are bad in bed. Some of you, some of you really just are. And it's probably because you watch too much porn. Go back and listen to the porn episode to understand that a little bit better. But like, there's really no excuse. And I'm, I'm just like, ugh, ugh. I don't have time for people to fuck me badly. I just don't. I don't. I'm a fucking adult. I'm not in my 20s anymore. The era of bad sex and learning and, and all that. I'm just in it. No, I'm no. No. I do not have time for fucking bad sex. Do do fucking better. Literally, do fucking better. Be better at it. Anyways, the point is you can't come back from the ick. You cannot come back from the ick. If shall achzo me'a ichza. You cannot do it. 
your psyche is trying to tell you something and you better fucking listen. Otherwise, it's going to get really, really ugly down the line and you're going to end up being really mean to that person. And that's not nice. The least you can do when you get the ick is to try your very best in, in whatever way you can to end the situation. Because the ick doesn't happen, like I said. It doesn't, you don't get the ick with your good friends. You don't get the ick from people that you really, really like. You don't. You don't. You can... People can do stuff that grosses you out, but it doesn't make you want to, like, you know, toss yourself into the sea. Get out. You can't come back from the ick. You deserve to get fucked really, really good. And so do I. With that said, let's take some questions from you guys that you submitted over on Instagram. <laughs> Some of these are really good. Some of these are really good. Okay, okay. One of you asked, am I a Nikki fan? Pull up in the Sri Lanka. What? You know who you are. I love you. Will Kim Kimye ever get back together? Not after she's been riding that Pete Davidson dick. No. How do I deep throw a dick without gagging? Um, again, mom, if you're still listening, I told you to fucking press pause and leave. But if you're still listening, I really fucking mean it. Take your thumb into your palm and make a fist around your palm. You're welcome. Thank me later. It will, it will almost, all, almost like disable your gag reflex. You're fucking welcome. Um... What would you call the Colorado ski bro version of a Tomer? That is such a good question. I would call him a Chad or a Brad. And he's like fucking down to shred the fucking gnar. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's see. What's your greatest tip on arguing with an anti-Zionist? Uh, and this goes back to the question that I was going to answer at the beginning of what to do when, let's say, one of your friends on the on the interwebs, on social media, is sharing stuff or liking things that are blatantly anti-Semitic. Um, I take a pretty hard stance on this, although there are some exceptions. Look, if it's a fucking friend from college, block them. You don't need a reason to not have somebody in your life anymore. Your boundaries are your business. And when someone wants to fucking call your identity as a Jewish person or in as, as an Israeli into question, block them. Block them. Get the fuck out of here. Okay? Block them. If it's someone you really, really care about, um, I would approach it from a place of don't don't go into it with the 1967 borders and the this and the that and this lie and that lie. Um, I've been there. And the only way you can approach it is is truly through love. You know, if, if you really, really, truly care about this person, you can tell them, look, the content that you are sharing or the content that you are liking is endorsing a message that calls my identity and my existence into question and that really really hurts me and I don't want to argue with you about the conflict I just want to tell you as a person where I where how that makes me feel um I've been there and it it, it helped mend a situation many many times uh in the past for me 
if this is really somebody that you care about. Otherwise, um, block them. I would tell the same thing to somebody who, um, and, and I know it's not that easy. I get it. Trust me. It's not that fucking easy. You can just block people, but um, I, I do. <laughs> I just, or mute them. Mute them. If it's a fucking friend from college, get them the fuck out of your life. You don't need a reason to to draw boundaries. They're your own. And you can block them. Really. I mean it. I don't think it's worth having people like that in your life. Um, a relationship between Muslim woman and an American Jewish boy would work. Yeah, sure. Um, but it's very contextual and, and, um, I, I'm a result, a result. Uh, my, I come from an interfaith family. Half my family is Catholic, half my family is Jewish. Yes, it can. Um, but I think if, if the two people come from very religious families and um, it can it can make things a lot more difficult. My parents weren't particularly observant, so it made it a little bit easier for them. They're very secular. Um, it's harder on people who on on children if that's an issue down the line um, when their identity comes into question. Um, so yeah, it can work, uh, but. It's going to be a challenge, just like any other relationship. Ever been on a date with a guy from Batyam? Nope. <laughs> Sorry. One of you asked, how do you balance prioritizing your mental health with being a Jewish activist? One word, baby. Shabbat. I don't know what I would do if I didn't keep Shabbat. I turned my phone off for 25 hours and I promise you um, it makes a world of difference. Shabbat. That's that's the simple answer. Um, one of you said, just wanted to say thank you. Thank you, Yaeli. This one's in Hebrew. Okay, wait, what? Yes. Fuck yes. It's not easy though. It's not for everyone. Uh, the question was, would you recommend that your friends in America make Aliyah. Absolutely. Some of them. Uh, I don't have a ton of Jewish friends back home, um, but if you're all my friends, we're all friends. So if you're listening to this, um, yeah, make Aliyah. Fuck yeah, make Aliyah. But just know it's not for everyone. Not all of you should. Really, I love you all. I I, <laughs> I want everyone here, but um, some of y'all can't handle it. And I mean that in the best way. Israel's not for everyone. And uh as much as I would love all of us to be up in the Holy Land, um, it's a tough fucking place to live. I've been here for 10 years and uh, it's only the strong survive. There's something that's called three and flee, which I notice a lot. I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. Basically, after three years, if you haven't left yet, you're, you're probably here to stay. <laughs> if you leave after three, like there's, a lot of people, especially from America, leave after three years, three and flee. Um, yeah. So I love you guys so fucking much. I just want to say that. I know that times are really hard as uh, a nation, as Israelis, as Jewish people, as anyone. We're we're all kind of going through it. Doesn't matter who you. It don't matter. Don't care who you are, where you're from, what you did. 
The world's fucking burning. Just kidding. Stay hopeful, guys. I love you. Thank you so much for listening. Your support means the world to me. And I find it incredibly therapeutic to be able to get on this mic and do this silly little podcast thing. It really is amazing. I hope that none of you have the ick. I hope I didn't give you the ick. And until next time, thank you for listening to Kiss and Tel Aviv. And I will see you little hookers, whores, prostitutes, and sluts Ah. in the next episode. Bye.